you look at Elvis's horoscope, he's dead. And please don't shit on Elvis, because then, then we're going to have to get into a fight. No, no, no. I'm not going <laughs> to shit on it. No, Elvis. Are you kidding? Elvis is a legend. Deservedly so. He- episode 10 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney Fishburne, ordinarily in Washington, but temporarily in Tennessee, with my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer fresh back from Maine. It's Elizabeth Grace in New York. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, hello. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you too. My goodness gracious, it's July, and we're two weeks ahead of schedule because we weren't going to say anything until (laughs) mid-July, but there's just too much going on. Oof. Isn't there though? So before we get into that, let me tell folks who we are. We are both renegades from corporate media who report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We not only want to show you how the media manipulates you into working against your best interests, but we want to help you anticipate the cycles and trends in the world so you can see that the world is not random, chaotic, and scary. Well, it could be scary, (laughs) but it is part of an ensouled universe where cycles within cycles strongly suggest there is a greater consciousness enfolding us, moving through us, around us, something larger that is more awesome than we humans could ever be, even if we are amazing. And even if we don't understand just what these cosmic impulses are and where they come from, we want to encourage you to participate in their unfoldment. We matter, we humans matter, but where the impulse to matter comes from is the mystery. And that's what impels us. And I just want to throw in that conquering or containing that impulse, so far that has led us strictly to the brink of extinction. So we are hopefully helping you prepare for a new paradigm, you know, small stuff on a July Friday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) On this holiday weekend, as we prepare to celebrate the 246th birthday of the United States of America. Um, Some of you listeners may listen, may read my weekly forecast about the astonishing synchronicity of planetary patterns in the news. And we, if you do, you were advised that this past week, the last week of the Supreme Court um, being in session and also the week before was likely to be Uh, Not unlike the collapse of an ice shelf suddenly into the ocean. We're calving. Calving. Yes, we're calving. Exactly. We are calving and we're melting. Um, You know, one minute it's there and then it just falls into the sea and it's gone. And we certainly... So for those of you who read, who read that, um, you may have been better prepared for the uh, extraordinary events that happened here in the United States um, with respect to uh, particularly the Supreme Court and, and its um, tossing decades of jurisprudence out the window uh, with the rulings that came down with respect to Roe versus Wade, um, the right of, that women have had for almost 50 years to make decisions with respect to their reproductive health uh, between their and their, them. And but their you know, I want to remind, I want to, you predicted that was coming, you know, yeah. and you, you predicted how this was going to play out. And I want to just actually keep with our mission and make sure that read that our um, audience understands that, you know, this is painful for many people. This is frightening. Um, but it's, it's part of a larger cycle. And I want to make sure that we remind folks that, you know, this is something that is, you know, in the ascendant, but it's going to come back around and things are going to shift. There are cycles within cycles. So put this in context in terms of a larger cycle. If we're kind of cosmic reporters, the big story, it's Pluto return in the United States. Yeah, exactly. The Pluto return. Exactly. The Pluto return, which, um, you know, it, we have not had a Pluto return, meaning Pluto is it was at was at 27 degrees of Capricorn uh, in 1776, and it has taken 245 years for Pluto to get back to that precise degree. Um, and because planets go retrograde, meaning they appear to move backwards from our perspective here on Earth, um, the United States gets three exact hits of Pluto on top of its natal Pluto 
And the next exact hit is, will be on July 11th. And then we'll have another one at the end of December of this year. And now what is, although we've never had a Pluto return before, we have experienced three other points in the, in the United States history where we've had this kind of tension. The last time we experienced it was in the early 80s, where we saw a breakdown and shift in direction of power and resources, because that's what Pluto represents. So in the early 80s, when Pluto was at 27 degrees Libra and squaring 27 degrees Capricorn in the United States, we saw you know, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan gets elected into office and we saw this beginning of a shift going away from the New Deal economy that had been established in the wake of Pluto opposing Pluto in the early 30s when Pluto was at 27 degrees of Cancer opposing the US Pluto at 27 Capricorn. So, you know, so what astrologers were, so then the, the question is, okay, so when Pluto makes this tense aspect, this, this, this extremes of power and breakdown and corruption exposed, which is the potential. We have seen a dramatic shift in one direction in who gets to have all the stuff, power and resources, right? Right, right Whitney? Right. Am I exactly. making sense? Okay. Yeah. And so here we are again. So now, now we're at another turning point. We have not gotten through this Pluto return yet. And it is possible that the breakdowns that we are seeing, these extremes of, you know, wiping, literally, like pretty much wiping out the power of the federal government to do much of anything. The, the big kick came yesterday with transiting Mars, squaring the US Pluto, mm-hmm. and also squaring Mm-hmm. where it is today. So we expected something that was going to come through. We have transiting Mars at 27-ish uh, Aries well, squaring the US Pluto. So we're expecting, we're expecting potentially brutal and ruthless and uh, macho uh, activities happening. Um, well, what I, what I want to just throw in there is, is that this is all happening in cardinal signs. So it's, it's getting things going right? We've got Cancer involved. We've got Aries involved. We've got Libra involved. We've got Capricorn involved. So there is this, while things are breaking down, new things are starting. Correct. Yes. Because cardinal signs are turning points and action oriented. You know, they don't, they don't, you know, the fixed signs will consolidate and structure whatever the action of the cardinal signs happen to be. And then the mutable signs, Gemini, Virgo, uh, Sagittarius, and Pisces, We'll take whatever the structure is and and sell it to the masses and take a commission. That's how I explain that. Okay, okay, well, that, okay? that's that's what they do. They're going. We don't have enough time for me to go. What? And let's talk about that. We'll no, get back not. to that another day. We'll get back to that another day. But no, th- that's for your entertainment and consideration. But anyway, so the big the big thing that happened yesterday with the Supreme Court, among many many extreme. Uh, wipeouts of established law, which is, I mean, I rem- look, I mean, come on, civics class in high school, what did we learn? Heck, civics class in elementary school, what did we learn? The Supreme Court is a very cautious organization that, you know, ba- administ- whatever they are, they sit and they review all of the laws that have come before and they yes and things. They don't go no but. Okay, that's an improv joke for those of you who know, are familiar with how improvisational comedy works. You, you make an offer and you add to it. If you say no but, the scene dies, you have to take everything down, nothing happens. You can't move forward. But what's because, the upshot of it? So they decided to listen to, to review a case, this EPA versus West Virginia. I, I mean, the, the issue at stake was the Clean Water Act. Who right. doesn't want clean water? Why well, would why? <laughs> it's a, it's it's well, but this is why this isn't this is going to happen. This is what yeah. my point was. Okay, because we can't agree anymore on f- how we frame things as being one thing or another. I want to make sure that we, you know, I have my emotions about the um, assassination of law. <laughs> know, I have written about how I really do believe that the deconstruction of the United States is pretty much squarely resting on the shoulders of Mitch McConnell and his having hired six assassins to infiltrate the, the Supreme Court. That notwithstanding, um, I'm really trying to keep us focused on how we can 
weather the cycles. The cycles are tearing things down. We can have our day and our moment where we are really angry and emotional because it is so clear to us what is actually happening. And I will stand by that, but it's part of a bigger picture. And the bigger picture is that you and I see things and we know they're true and a whole host of other people see things and think that we're crazy and that they are the ones with the right answers. And there is not going to be any overlap anymore. And that may or may not be by design. I would like to suggest it's by design, but it doesn't matter because in the cosmos, you and I know these circles, these cycles of, of, of energies, they're coming around, they're coming around, they're tearing things down. Yeah. That's where I want to make sure that we keep our, our, our listeners focused is look, this is happening. This is happening. Yeah. And as you and I've talked off mic, you know, where's the agency? Where can we find agency to deal with the fact that these are scary times, but we know they're coming. How we each experience these scary times, that's where the, the real uh, juice is. I know from where I've been staying for the past few weeks and will be for a little bit while longer, you know, people are ready for, if not Armageddon, definitely apocalypse. And it's yours and my fault because, you know, we're not, we're not hanging on the cross. So I have to respect that. I grew up around that. I know that's real for people. I don't poo-poo it. Um, how do I work within that? I, I don't know. I'm not here to give people advice on, on you know, interpersonal relationships, but this is now getting very personal because nothing is left. So how, how are we going to interpret this as people who are aware of the cosmos? And that's where we go back out. Okay, so then let's go back out to the patterns that people can be aware of. So we go back to the patterns and we go, okay, we're at, we're coming up on hit number two of the U.S. Pluto return. Mm -hmm. uh, July 11th. July 11th. Um, and, and we do have Mars and Jupiter in Aries so and, we, and Pluto and Capricorn. So we have a lot of this cardinal energy where things get started. Things get started. And there's a lot of holy rolling going on. There certainly is many, many crusades. And it, it's, I mean, it is possible because, you know, you know, when you look back at what was going on in the 70s before the last engagement of Pluto with a U.S. Pluto, there were, there, you know, the, so the, the, we were coming out of the civil rights activity in the mid-60s, which was reflected by Uranus conjunct Pluto in Virgo. Anytime you've got Uranus and Pluto in a tense aspect, Throughout the history of the world, you see massive change. You know, we there we could do a whole show about that. I, I've got some some posts on that on, on my blog, um, and we just so we had that, and so out of this, it, so that was a time of upheaval and revolution, and things started to move forward in a, I would guess, a progressive direction with respect to you know, the Equal Rights Amendment here in the United States that they tried to get ratified and failed, um, the, the freedoms that were given with respect to Roe versus Wade that came in 73. And then after that radical, quote unquote, radical progressive, there started to be a pushback that when the Pluto square came around, it moved in the other direction. So what I don't know is if what we're seeing now, this radical pushback, of decades of established law, if that is going to lead to a radical push against it as we move into 2023 and 2024, or if we're still, or if the takeover of state governments that's been in the works for the past 50 years will just continue in the direction that the Supreme Court Okay, well, one, I way can the, one way or the other. So, so we're in the. So the thing is, is we're in the middle of the breakdown right now. Yeah, right. So we're in the middle of the breakdown. There's probably going to be a big push, a, 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 a surge forward of energy around July 19th, and then again in mid-August. And the reason I say that is because um, of the two, the, the eclipse cycles that we're in, the, the, the eclipses that we had at the end of April and the middle of May are going to be activated. So we're going to get more clues to where we're going around July 19th and August 12th, thereabouts, around within a few days. 
Thank you. Okay, so I think that's more helpful for us. Um, I, I think it is important to establish, especially your credibility, because you're so good at this. And I want people to really understand that if you want to know what's coming, you should read Elizabeth's forecast. That's why I, you know, I came to her and said, let's do this podcast because she's, I mean, Elizabeth, you know, I just think you're amazing. <laughs> I think you're a genius, but your mundane forecast, your ability to see the cycles that are coming are really important. And I would rather people start thinking about in terms, I'd rather people think in terms of here are worldly events I can anticipate, not I want to be so angry. I want to, I want to yell and scream at the other people for being so stupid. God damn it. These people are so stupid. How come they can't understand how stupid they are? Urgh. Wasted energy, folks, wasted energy. Do what you can do, but do not get caught in. Well, I just think it's a waste, waste of time to it get caught waste, in, it is a waste of time. To, to, to get got caught up in, in the hate. That's actually playing into the hands of people who are also looking to leverage this moment and who could care less They're Like, I don't think Mitch McConnell sits around thinking about how much he hates those who don't agree with him. He doesn't care. He's just going to do what he's going to do to do to get his power and to make things happen in his vision. We can be very similar in that rather than waste energy on emotional junk food, think about how we want to organize a new system, because those are the energies that are going to start filling the vacuum. And that is where the agency comes in, is really start focusing. So yeah, demonstrate, you know, write constructive criticisms of what's happening. But but losing your mind over how um, just absolutely stupid people are is is a trap. That's, that's a really, I'm so glad you said that. And I hope everyone who's listening, if you haven't done this, you should read Whitney's uh, essay that she sent out through her blog documental about who profits from having people be angry with each other. Yeah. Because, because we're seeing that. You, because you we, would not, we would not see this flood of disinformation right. from people who have a lot of power and money they would not, it's like, why are they, why are these entities, why do they find it valuable to spread all of this information that is, that is nothing, that is, that gets people angry? Yeah, and, and shouts at them. No one needs information shouted at them. You know, we, I've been sitting, I actually feel like I've been inflicted by a uh, an infotainment network that I don't turn on at home and, and frankly I just don't watch television anymore but um, listening to it, it 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 marinates the brain in adrenaline and cortisol so your brain is steeped in bitterness because those are bitter experiences if we were looking at this elementally so you're, you're being steeped and marinated in a bitter experience while someone's shouting at you, which is what we do to our detainees at Guantanamo in Cuba, we shout music out, we, we play things at extreme levels so that they go crazy. And that is really, truly what we are subjecting an entire swath of people in this nation to is being shouted at, yeah. which is, it's just, it's torture, but then they get addicted to it. Also, what gets triggered is a dopamine. So yeah. you get, you get, you get addicted. You get addicted to having your brain marinated in piss and vinegar, which is essentially, you know, like vinegar, right? That's, that's, that's what it is. It's a bitter, it's a bitter hormone. So there's this bitter sweet. The sweet keeps you addicted and the bitter keeps you pissed. And it's happening, folks. And no one has to have that happen. So who is profiting off of this? No one needs to have information shouted at them. That's, that's just an observation. But anyway, yeah. So thank no, you for, for that no, plug. I think I, I, I think your point is well taken that if we are approaching a global scale, an end game, if you will, which we see in planetary patterns, we talked a little bit about this in the last episode. We talked about you know what would be the turning point for the United States, and we were looking at the summer of 2025 yeah. uh, through through the spring of 2026 because. In May, we had Mars, the energy of action, and Jupiter, the energy of expansion at zero degrees of Aries, between zero and three degrees of Aries. That part of the zodiac corresponds to the root mm -hmm. 
it's the root of the United States horoscope, the one that astrologers most most use most often, what we call the Sibley chart. It, it was at 5, 10 p.m. on July 4th, 1776. So Mars, Jupiter activating the root, energizing the root with, with assertion and aggression and, and uh, crusading and firearms and all these things that have just come out, a lot of macho energy coming out because Aries and Mars are thought of as quote unquote masculine or young energy. Saturn and Neptune, Saturn, the energy of control and separation and loss and Neptune, which is which tends to dissolve whatever it touches, will be at that same point, will be at the root of the United States horoscope in the summer of 2025 going into 2026. But before we get to zero Aries, which is the beginning of something new because Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. It's the beginning. But before we get there, we will have gone through in 2023 and 2024 and early 2025, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, all four outer planets will be at the end of their respective signs. Mm-hmm. Anoretic. An, an, yeah, the technical term is anoretic, meaning, and, and what that is, is it is like a, it is a planet crisis. at the very, it's a crisis point of whatever that sign is. And so this is what, I mean, okay, so this is what we've all, by choosing to be here, and if we believe in incarnation, that we have any agency at all, let's just assume that we all chose to be here on this playing field, in this hologram, at this time. And this is what we've signed up for. We're here, we're, this is what we're here to, not just witness hopefully, but perhaps engage in, 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 in the unfolding and perhaps influence it in, a, in, in an outcome that is for the highest good of all concerned. Is that, is that too candide, naive, te, naive te, <laughs> at the auto da fe? Too Panglossian. Too Panglossian. <laughs> nope, it's not too Panglossian, my dear friend Elizabeth. Because Ingram, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. Um, no, because um, here, here's what I was reflecting on. This is what I wanted to share with our, with our listeners. So this past new moon was in Cancer. And um, for me, that occurred in my 12th house. I have cancer in the 12th house. Um, and that opposes my Capricorn sun and my Mercury. And that's right now where Pluto is. So it was across the 12 and the six axes. And of course, I use whole sign houses, which you do not use. But um, for those of us who, um, or for any listeners who know and have had readings with me, and then I work with equal houses, um, being in the whole sign house camp, um, that's my 12, six axes. So that's the axis of crises and burden and uh, blind spots, which you get generally as well, Elizabeth, because you would use that too. It's just your, your angles will be different. Yeah. But um, this is also square, of course, because I'm talking about the cardinal sign. So this is also square, what's going on in Aries. And I'm going to explain what a square is. Um, but Aries, where we currently have Mars and Jupiter, and that for me is in my ninth house. So as I've talked about before on here, that's, you know, that's, that's where I will, that's where I'll go to battle. I'll do battle for <clears throat> my belief in God, my belief in justice, my belief in culture, my belief in other languages, my belief in, in abstract theories that uh, unite humanity. Okay, so that's where I am most likely to get heated and go deep and be mission driven. So I kind of have this T-square between the, um, the blind spot of cancer, which is family, homeland, that sort of thing. And this mission of, you know, where am I going to apply my, my holy roller muscles and, and then Capricorn, right? So, so that's happening in the ninth house, that holy roller stuff. Capricorn is burden and service also service. And, uh, and then I've got stuff going on in cancer. So if you're thinking about it in terms of squares and so forth, think of it this way. And it's actually a T-square. So in plain English, you can say, see this as me standing at an intersection, right? So you've got, um, you've got Avenue Cancer Capricorn running east-west. And then it's intersected by Avenue Aries Libra, and it's running north-south. 
Mm-hmm. So East West is bringing together home, family, burdens, toil, strife, but service also. And it's intersected by pioneering thought, action, because that's Aries. But Jupiter's there. So law, justice, and what's for the good of all, right? And here's me, and I'm, I'm looking at this map, and uh-oh, I'm right in the middle of the intersection. And here come the gods, and they're not going to be stopped. And I got in the sixth house, I've got Pluto, and he's churning backwards. And in the ninth house, I've got Mars and Jupiter and like who's going to get in their way and then i've got the the new moon which is seeds right and like the right. hidden light and the reset right and that's over in the house of the blind spot so what is my choice right i'm stand so if you can envision that folks if you can envision standing in the crossroads and traffic is oncoming and there's no stoplight and i'm about to get t-boned and maybe even the planets are going to get t-boned and their energies right what they what they symbolize so what's my solution what is my solution because Holy hello, Batman. I'm about to get pancaked. <laughs> so I, I have been thinking about this and I have been experiencing this because um, you know, down south where I'm trying really hard not to sound like I have a banjo in my mouth, but <laughs> it does shape the way I think to be back here, you know, to, to be back where things feel different. The way things come out of your mouth are shaped by the way you hear them in your head. Yeah. The way that your heart beats, the rhythm of who you are. These are the rhythms that maybe are my blind spot. Maybe they're your blind spot, whoever you are, who might be experiencing the new moon and cancer in a place that you're aware of, you know, or that, that you may want to have some curiosity about. How do I wake up to what's going to happen when I get T-boned by all of this energy? And I, I've thought about it and I have been experiencing it. And my solution is to accept it, not to get out of the way. But to actually do what we talk about on the show, which is, you know, accept the cycles. And so, no, I don't think it's Panglossian because I am here to mediate it. That's what I've decided. That's my job. I'm going to mediate it. I'm going to let it all come through me and it's going to be chaotic. Did you hear the sirens going down the street in the background? Did you mute it? No, I didn't no. There were sirens going down the street as you were talking. Well, hit your mute button, girl. And then she's giving me a face, folks. You can't see. Sirens, sirens are the sound of angels validating what you're saying. I I agree. I agree. I, I, all I just wanted to say to folks is, is that, you know, one way that you can exercise agency is to actually be like Pandora, the, you know, the Greek myth of Pandora, Pandora's box, Pandora opened the box and chaos came out, but hope brought it, brought back the semblance of, you know, normalcy. It didn't look the way it did before, but you can only have hope if you have curiosity. And that's really where I was going to get at with the, you know, if people are profiting off of brainwashing you into hating me or Elizabeth or our point of view, and people could say we're brainwashed into hating other people, but I am not sitting around hating anybody. So you can think what you want, but um, what I'm trying to do at that intersection of craziness is to stay open to the energies coming through me, which is going to require that I'm curious. And that requires that I get off the track that I'm supposed to stay in so that I continue to flow my power out to somebody who's profiting off of me thinking what they want me to think. So right now is an opportunity to put down your sureness of anything and just get curiosity because that's your actual birthright is is to exercise your curiosity. So so begin there. I I have to say something because so you know, the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross five stages of it's anger. The five stages of grief. What is it? It's, it's, what is it? It's, it starts with anger though, right? Anger, denial, or is it anger, denial, grief? I think denial and then anger and then grief, I think. And grief and then acceptance. Okay, so I've moved past the anger stage. I've moved past being angry with people who can't seem to accept that the January 6th yeah. <laughs> riot on the Capitol no, it's true. was People... not sparked by undercover FBI agents right. who were who, who were actually agents of Antifa. People out there in my family who believe this. I, I'm past the anger. I'm not angry. I think I'm and I'm 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 in the grief stage at this point. And I right. and, and maybe you're a little ahead of me in the acceptance. I'm in the grief stage. I find it heartbreaking. I have to process this, even though I see it all against the, the big cycles. 
and understand why we have this divisiveness, I still have to feel what I'm feeling. Okay, but I wanted to just say that because I think, and I applaud you for getting past the grief stage into the acceptance stage because it's a much more mature um, way to be. And I think it gives you a clarity and ability to make you know, more healthful choices and responses to these things than engaging with it. Well, I, I appreciate that, Elizabeth. And I know you're going to get there. I know you are. Because we talk about this off, off mic, we really do believe that we have tools to offer folks yeah. because of our, our um, commitment to astrology. And I cannot offer the sharp toolbox that it gives us in good conscience if I'm flailing around with the knife and the hammer and the axe and the, you know, like the whole, you can do harm. Yeah. If yeah. you're flailing around and crazy with these tools in, in your hands and, yeah. and I'm committed, I am committed to, I, I don't know what I'm exactly committed to in terms of form, but I am definitely committed to in terms of service and spirit, this idea that um, I'm not giving up agency, but I love that you just brought up grief because that's really where we're going to find our power right now is to rather than resist the collapse, because the collapse is happening instead of denying it get to the point where we accept it because we're going to have to rebuild because we're still going to need a system. Mm-hmm. We're still going to need to have a way to move forward as a nation, however that looks. Or, we can't or, just, or, or, or a split up nation. You know, whatever we, it's going to be. There may not be the 50 states. There may be, there may be subdivisions. Uh, we, but whatever we're going to end up as, we're going to need people who are emotionally intact. So don't be manipulated into hatred. You can be pissed off, but whatever emotion you're feeling, my suggestion to people, and I don't really think it's Panglossian, but I do think that it is um, hopeful, is uh, make sure that whatever you're feeling, you can turn into something productive because there's lots of destruction all around us and it's not going away. When we first talked about like, let's put, let's do a, let's do a talk this week. This was before SCOTUS came down with its rulings about the about destroying the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, which is I I can't even. I mean, there are pictures all over Twitter with of what you know oil slicks surrounding the Statue of Liberty in New York Harbor in 1973, and and we don't have those anymore because. The, because of Richard Nixon. Thank you, Richard Nixon and the EPA. I mean, that's, we don't have these big toxic waste dumps, but you know, we might have them now, but hey, we'll get through it. The reason <laughs> we thought it would be fun to talk, to talk about it was the, because watching you come apart at the seams can be humorous. Can be, can be, what could be more entertaining? I'm going to put this picture of you freaking out on this after all. You should see Elizabeth gyrating With my out. wild hair. All right. So, um, no, well, it was what prompted this was we were, we were talking about the, the uh, surprise hearing of the January 6th committee that they had on Tuesday in the dark of the moon, you know, in the, in, with no light. So we knew that there's, you know, whenever there's a new moon, a dead moon, you have the potential for things to fly under the radar that you, you don't know where that's going to go. And um, I, I texted Whitney about it. And, and cause we were all talking about it. And I said, you know, what's really interesting here is that when we were looking at the chart for the first the opening day of the January 6th hearing, I was talking about how the ruler of the chart, which was Jupiter and Aries at the very bottom of the horoscope, this, this bombastic uh, crusading justice entity, didn't have any support. Well, wait, let's, let's be a little bit more specific. You were talking about the, the horoscope for the J6 hearings. And we said, gosh, you know what? This is such a good chart that it would almost qualify as like an electional chart as though they had come to an astrologer and said, we really want to get a certain outcome. Can you help us do it? And we have no idea if that happened. We know that neither of us was consulted. So we're not sure what, how it turned out. But the one thing you said that bothered you about the chart was Jupiter was unsupported. And I, you know, I don't remember what I said, but I said, well, so much is good about this. We'll wait and see. And then you texted me because I texted because well, first of all, on the new moon and the, the chart for the new moon in cancer on June 28th, the root of that chart was Venus 
the very root of the chart, Venus in Gemini, a talkative woman. And I think uh, of a, a, young, a youthful, I think young, of youthful, yeah, probably. when I think Venus and Gemini. A talkative woman, exactly sextile, meaning in a supportive and communicative alignment with Jupiter. Woo, and I woo, thought, woo. well, that's really interesting. And so then I laid, so then I took the chart for the J, for the J6 hearing, that surprise hearing. And I just looked at what was going on. And it was just amazing to see how that, it, it just was amazing that, because this sort of revived the whole thing. This, this talkative young woman, i.e. Cassidy Hutchinson, who was an aide to Mark Meadows. And we had talked about her testimony before. Right. It, was, it made me feel good in a way because people were like, well, no one has really been paying attention to her. And, and well, you and I were paying attention to her testimony. We talked about it in an earlier episode. If you pay attention to it in your forecast, anybody who reads it in your forecast, don't, don't discount it. It'll show back up. So we were on, we thought that the it was a significant uh, piece of information a couple months ago. And so here is Cassidy Hutchinson coming back in, um, playing the role of Venus and Gemini, sex helping this, this the, the ruler of the chart, you know, the, the, the planet that is driving the chart of that J6 opening statement. Oh, this is fascinating. And when we look at, so what, so what I'm saying is we can use a horoscope for the start of an event and you can do this. This is how you can use astrology in your own life. If you want to, if you're going to do something that is significant, it's helpful to work with an astrologer in picking a chart that looks like a success. With respect to the, J, the January 6th hearing, we can use the start of that hearing, which was June 9th, 2022 at 8 p.m. in Washington, D.C. That's when they started this, this party. And we can... Watch how the planets keep moving around and make contact to assess what's going to happen next. And so not only do we have, we had um, Venus, this young talkative woman, sextiling in a cooperative connection with the ruler of that chart during that dead moon period, you know, where they were getting her together and probably putting together their, putting together that whole, whole case so that they surprise, you know, on, on this uh, surprise, here it is, it comes out of nowhere. And the other thing that's really fun about this chart is that Mercury communication, also a young person, was in Gemini almost exactly within minutes of an exact conjunction to the sun in the J6 hearing chart and trying to the moon. So what we're seeing is this potential effective, highly effective piece of information that comes into play and, and, and affects the progress of these hearings. And, and this, is, this is how Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony has made an impact. It, it has been effective. The other thing I wanted to say, just because, you know, to be how you, we can, and again, how you use astrology is that in the horoscope of Donald Trump, it was fascinating to see I've that- I've never heard you say his name. <laughs> I know, I'm saying Donald Trump, whatever. Uh, uh, Donald, Donald, we'll, we'll do a Mary Trump. call him the former Donald, guy. The or... former guy, I know, but it, it, it's, I, I know, I know. It just, it seems somewhat juvenile not to say the name. On, so I, we could call him Donald because that's what Mary Trump calls him. Uh, so we'll do that. All right, so Donald's chart here is interesting because having tracked that horoscope for years, but uh, within the last few years, anytime transiting Mars, Mars is an Aries, comes into a supercharged hard aspect with his Venus, Saturn conjunction, which is around 23, 25 Cancer. So Mars is squaring that. Venus rules his third house of communication Multiple times in the past, when we have seen that pattern, some, there's been a piece of information that's come out that has, that, that has, been an, that has put him in an unfavorable light. I, for, I, believe, I, I believe is the case, for example, that Mary Trump's first book was published when Transiting Mars was squaring that Venus-Saturn conjunction. So this is a pattern that, is, that has repeated itself, and we've seen similar results time and time again. So you can use, this is how we use astrology to anticipate 
probable events. And this is how you can use it in your own horoscope. This is how an astrologer can use, it can use planetary patterns to help you understand and anticipate events in your own horoscope. The other thing, so, so then we were going, all right, well, where is this going to go? And, and it's, it's interesting. Um, the next significant pattern in the horoscope of Donald is on July 9th, when transiting Saturn is going to square his midheaven and IC. So that could be, uh, a, that's likely an assertive advance or a control one way or the other. We don't know what it's going to be, but that seems significant. And then the other dates that we want to be keeping an eye on, there's a lot that's likely to come out with many people in the U.S. national scene around mid-August when Mars gets to 25 and 27 degrees of Taurus because it's going to activate the um, lunar eclipse we had on May 16th the lunar eclipse we had on November 19th, and it's going to activate planets in the horoscopes of Donald and President Biden and Mitch McConnell and all kinds of uh, all kinds of other very interesting significant players. So um, that's August 13th uh, around August. I think it's August, August 13th. 13th. So, yeah, I whenever that, Mars yeah. is at 25, 27 degrees of of um, oh. uh, Taurus. Wait, that's I, when that you know that'll be the next a uh, next I'm, I'm burst in energy. I'm looking as we okay? speak here. Look at that. So uh, I thought it would be fun, fun. So it's not all you know. The world yeah. is coming to an end. I thought it would be fun and interesting for people to hear uh, what how the, of the astonishing synchronicity of planetary patterns with the stories that are driving the. Headlines. But let me let me throw it. Yeah. So August thirteenth through about the sixteenth. Okay. Lay it on us. And then we also look and, you know, like Mitch McConnell has Uranus at 26 degrees of Taurus. He has Saturn at 22 degrees of Taurus. He has Mars at 22 degrees of Taurus. So Mars is going to come cruising around and it's going to activate this need he has in his horoscope for militant, stubborn control. So we can also expect him around July 19th, thereabouts, probably, probably a day or two later. Uh, his Mercury is at 11 degrees of Aquarius. We don't have an exact time for him. So that might be off by, by a fraction of a degree. I'm, I'm looking at um, when I'm looking at his Mitch McConnell's horoscope, I'm looking at a, a, a horoscope, a, a time, a birth time that another astrologer proposed as a, as a, what we call a rectified time. We don't know what his birth time was. So um, astrologers can use their understanding of how, how all the pieces of a Rubik's cube fit together. And they, they, they put together a chart that looks like what we, what we think would be a workable birth time. We don't know for I, sure. I think I, I looked at this when you sent it to me and I thought, well, that makes sense. It does make exactly. And that's what it, right. It pleases the astrologer. That makes sense. So what we're looking at is a chart with a Leo ascendant and Pluto is right on the ascendant, which is all power. Is it, you know, Pluto will be squaring his, this, this proposed midheaven because the midheaven is 28 degrees Aries of this proposed chart and Pluto is squaring it. And so, so there's, there's that to keep an eye on. Um, and Saturn, as it retrogrades, it's now at 25 degrees of Aquarius now. So it's going to be uh, backing up, squaring his Mars-Saturn conjunction, that militant discipline control. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. That's all Taurus, my stuff. Don't, don't yeah. shit on Taurus. I mean, a lot of us are Taurus in. <laughs> I don't but have yes. any, I don't have any planets in Taurus. Well, I, I do. And so, <laughs> but okay. So I, I can be the one to say sometimes Taurus gets a little mine, 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 mine. Right. Like those seagulls in, uh, in Nemo. Mine, 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 mine. Anyway, he's got a lot of squares and he's got a lot of like power grabby type of things in Taurus to begin with. So yeah, he's, he, if there's a neurosis there, it's the uh, power and control. Yeah. And that Mars Saturn conjunction, if you, if you use another timing tool that modern, some modern astrologers use, I don't know if a lot of 
traditional astrologers use them, but I love them. They're called solar arcs. That's the technical term. I, I, I do think that they work actually solar yeah. arcs or, or looking at solar returns, but so solar so, returns so, are so yeah. take a look at that Mars Saturn conjunction and see how by solar arc, it's going to be making contact with his Mercury, like, like within this year. And then, you know, his son is at one degree Pisces. And so we know that Saturn is going to be sitting on it next spring. And that usually is, is a, a suggestion of some, of a taskmaster coming to town where you may be under quite a squeeze for uh, your ambitious agenda. We'll see how that goes. So you're asking me about what now the um, solar so directed the, look, Mercury? Say, yeah, I sent you the, his horoscope, this, yeah, rec- rec- like this rectified horoscope, but regardless of the, the rectified, you know, it doesn't matter if the time is accurate, we're still going to see this solar arc of Mars action. Well, here's how I would read that. Um, would I would read say, that? yeah, I would say um, he, he will, because he, yeah, normally he doesn't come out and talk, right? I would say we're going to start hearing from him more directly. And look at the solar arc Jupiter at one degrees Virgo opposing his sun at one Pisces. So look at that. Yeah, we're going to start hearing some kind of, he's going to sound like a bitch. And look at the solar arc sun as it, as it is about to conjoin that, uh, that natal Mars Uranus. I mean, not yeah. Mars Saturn. We're going to start seeing him and we're going to start hearing him and he's going to start finger wagging. He's not an emotive guy and he's not like a weird smobile in the way that Ted Cruz always strikes me as being. Right. But but there's going to be, um, we're going to get a message. He's okay. going to give us some messages. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, that Mercury is certainly activated. Yep. And, th- and that Mar- Mercury was eclipsed uh, at the end of April by square. Really, yeah, that eclipse happened at 10 degrees Taurus. And so it's in, it's within, it's within two degrees of, of a square to that Mercury. So I would, I would call it val- uh, valuable valid uh, activation so we're likely to to stop stop there'll be an outburst around yeah um, okay so we've now so that's so yeah so instead of our big long theories about the world and the ending i thought it would be fun just to take a look at a couple of horoscopes and show you how fascinating the these patterns work i mean you when there is things do not happen in a life unless there is a pattern in the horoscope that suggests that potential. And it even works with dead people because the other thing I did for fun, I don't know if I showed this to you. Did I send you Elvis Presley's horoscope? So we might have, I didn't look at it because I was busy listening to you emote about how angry you were that too many people are going to the Elvis movie. (laughs) I know that's all they care about. If anybody, if you look at the Elvis's horoscope, he's dead. Please don't shit on Elvis because then then we're going to have to get into a fight. No, 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 I'm not going to shit on it. No, Elvis, are you kidding? Elvis, Elvis is a legend, deservedly so. We're not going to shit on Elvis, okay? But what's fascinating is when you look at his horoscope, it doesn't matter that he's dead, you see the potential of how his ascendant right now, his 12 degree Sagittarius ascendant, that is the ascendant of the United States in the Sibley chart. And so it's fascinating that somebody like Elvis, who is so quintessentially American, has that same boundary pushing, Sagittarius, you know, optimistic, over the top. It, 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 we see how, how he embodies the projection of the United States. Why is he so quintessentially American? Why did America take him to heart? Well, he is, he's the embodiment of, of, of them. And he's got Neptune square his ascendant natally, but by solar arc right now, okay, Neptune is right on that 12 degrees ascendant. So we can see Mm. how we we would expect some glamour, intangible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. representation of him, idealization of him and his music captured on film. And there's quite a buzz about this film. And so this is where, you know, we could do a whole nother show on why the horoscopes of dead people continue to function when there's no free will around to do we, I think we may have talked about it, but I, I never get tired of talking about it anyway. Well, but, okay. So I'm going to um, wrap us up on that yeah. point though. And yeah, that is we're gonna, we're ending people. on a happy note. Okay. Well, you just said, you know, regardless of someone's free will, because the chart goes on, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, 
<laughs> it should have its own theme song, like the Titanic. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, but, but it's important to kind of ground that in the room, in the reminder that we're never quite sure. This is my perspective on things. Anyway, we're never sure what in our lives are entirely fate and what is entirely uh, of, of our own accord. So I am a fatalist in that. I believe when I look at the chart, I am looking at, you're going to deal with these things in your life, whether you like it or not, that's where you don't have any choice. Because the choice you made to come into this incarnation, which I do believe we make those choices, that was your choice to begin with. That was your lot. Those were the tiles that were cast in your name and you agreed to it. And here you are. So now those choices are made. You don't get a choice in in that anymore. Where you do have choice is how you're going to discover what these lessons are out of these uh, maps that out of the map that you've been given, how you're going to travel that terrain. As I said before, I'm standing in the middle of these, at this crossroad of being T-boned by energies. What am I going to do? I could choose to avoid it, but they'll find me. I have to get from one place to the other. Eventually I've got to walk through that crossroads. So that's where you have the agency is choosing how you're going to respond. And none of this is, is stuff that probably any of us hasn't heard before in our life. Things happen control we have is over how we respond to those things happening. And that will open up new pathways that we're not aware of. That's why I say the curiosity matters. That's your birthright. It's the curiosity that you have the inner relationship with that you can control. The terrain, you know, I it's where you are. I'm in the mountains. Okay. I'm not, I'm in the mountains right now and I can't, uh, I can't unbe in the mountains, but I can figure out new ways to get through the mountain passes. And I can discover mountain passes that I might not have seen before if I was so intent on going a certain way. So until next time, which it seems will be in another two weeks from now, this has been episode 10 of Off the Charts. And I'm Whitney in Tennessee. And this is Elizabeth in New York. Do all the things that people ask you to do, like, you know, like us and subscribe and share and all that, because it's actually making a difference. We have... um, we're getting noticed and the thing is is that we've got far more downloads of the podcast than we do subscribers so if you are listening and you haven't subscribed at insold.substack.com please do and you can find uh, elizabeth's forecast that this podcast is based on by going to graceastrology.com and grace just like you know amazing grace graceastrology.com say hi to dolly oh i love dolly i know love dolly always love Dolly. First album ever. Love is like a butterfly. Look up, folks. Look up. Bye. (laughs) Bye.